right, at this time, anybody that's leaving to go downstairs to the other building or wherever else you may go, please uh, make your way out as quickly and quietly as you can. And for the rest of you, I'll go ahead and ask for you to open your Bible to Matthew chapter 22 and 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you want to mark those two spots, Matthew chapter 22. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'll give you just a second to, uh, to get to those two points, and then we'll, we will begin. So here's what I want to do starting today, do it over a few weeks. I want to begin a series that I'm going to challenge all of us to do the same thing. All of us to do the same thing. Even though you are uniquely, wonderfully, fearfully made separately, you know, and different from your neighbor, but I'm going to challenge us and, and encourage us to all do the same thing. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, that we are the light of the world. And then he goes on to say that we are to let our light shine before others, right? So Jesus said that. You and I, as his people, are the light of the world, and that we are to let our light shine before others so that people may see our good works and do what? Give glory to our Father who is in heaven. So we are called the light of the world, and we are commanded to let our light shine. You may remember that old song from Children's Church or from VBS or from Sunday School, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm, don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. All right. So we have to ask ourselves this one question. What is the light? I mean, really, what is the light? And here's what I want to do. I want because there's a few different ways that we could answer that question. We could we could talk about the joy or the hope or the salvation we have and, and different good, very good things, godly things that are part of that light. But what I want to do is I want us to be able to answer the question and I want us to strive this year, all of us, to do the same thing, which is to let our lights shine. To let your light shine because you are called, if you are a born-again believer, Follower of Christ, you are called the light of the world. Do you let your light shine before others? Do you show and demonstrate to the world what it is to be a Christian? So with the few differences in answering that particular question, what is the light? Here's what I want us to do over the next few weeks. I want us to begin a series that we're titling, or I'm titling, uh, LED. LED. You catch the light reference there, LEDs. Everybody's talking about LEDs. We're putting LEDs on the porch. We're putting LEDs in the garage and LEDs. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to use LED as an acronym with three different ways that you and I let our lights shine before others. And this week, we're going to cover the L in LED. And here's what I hope to do. In this series, I hope to challenge all born-again believers to let their light shine. Do not be afraid, as Don said, to share your faith. Do not be afraid to preach the gospel. Do not be afraid to allow the Spirit of God to work in you and through you for all the world to see. So doing this means we give thanks to our God in all we do. We express our great appreciation for this incredible salvation we have been given. We demonstrate to the world what it is to have a living hope and an unexplainable peace that surpasses all understanding found in Jesus. And we share with others the amazing grace and the unexplainable love that God gives us. 
So that is through all born-again believers. These are all the Christians in the world and in this particular room. In this series, I also hope to challenge any unbeliever to desire this light, this hope, this salvation that we as believers have. Because I realize that in this particular congregation today, there are people that may be very good church attendees and love to come and to you know, sing along with the songs. And they may love to listen to the, to the worship and the sermon, but may not be truly born again followers of Christ. So because of that, we have to also address them week after week after week. So my hope is that if you are here and you're on the, you know, you're on the fence of truly committing myself to Christ and repenting of my sin and calling upon his name and being baptized in his name, my prayer is that you would truly desire this light and that you would finally stop making the excuses or talking yourself out of surrendering yourself to the Lord in full and to receive this amazing grace, this unexplainable love. So that are, those are my two hopes to accomplish, to challenge you as a Christian to truly let your light shine and how you can do it. And for those of you who are church attendees, but yet to fully surrender yourself to the Lord and, and Savior Jesus, that you would finally do so and stop wasting time or stop talking yourself out of and truly take possession of this hope and of this life that he came to offer. And I've entitled this particular talk, this particular point of this series is uh, as this, all you need is love. All you need is love. Some of y'all danced to that in high school and sang it to your significant other when you were, when you, were you know, courting or, or dating. But all you need is love. And here's what I want to do as we begin this LED series, as we talk about letting our light shine before others. How can you and I start this new year by truly living out our faith? How can we truly go this year and strive to be different and strive to stand out in the world and strive to be set apart from the world? And all in all, we are doing these good things, these good deeds and these good works so that others may see in us the Lord, and may bring glory and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. Well, to start it all, we have to come to understand that what has allowed us to even possess this light, this hope, it all started with God's love. God's love. And let me just read you, let me just tell you two truths found in God's word that whenever we come to understand the hope that you have, the salvation that you have, has never been and it will never be because of how good you are. It'll never be because of how much you, know, you give or how much offering, how many offerings you give. So this hope and this life and this light that I possess all began with love. So the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever would believe in him would what? Never perish, but have eternal life. The Bible also says that God demonstrated his great love for us in this, that yet while we were still sinners, while we were still pathetic, pitiful people, Christ what? Died for us. So what God's word tells us and reiterates over and over and throughout all of it is that you and I are recipients of an unexplainable, undeserved love. And because of that, we now have hope. So it all started, this hope that you have, this relationship that you have with the Lord Jesus Christ, this eternal salvation that you and I take possession of, 
through him, it all begins with love. Because here's the, here's the reality. It never is given to you. You never take possession of this light because you are better at following the rules than someone else. You never take possession of this eternal hope found in Christ because you give this much per year. You never take possession of this, this hope found in Christ or this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. You never possess that light because of how many hours you sacrifice and serve. You never get it based off your church attendance. You never get it based off anything but one reality. God's love to redeem you and to reconcile you back to him and to save you out of your darkness and your brokenness and your sinfulness to establish you as a holy child of his. Because that's what you and I as Christians become. So each and every week as we come together, you and I are reminding ourselves or should be reminding ourselves that we are now his holy beloved child simply because of him. Nothing because of me. Nothing that I can do. Nothing that you can do will ever give you that light. So let me ask you a couple of questions as we get into Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. Do you love people? Oh, do you truly love people? Let me just ask you. You can raise your hand if you do. Some of y'all saying, oh, yeah. Some of y'all saying, don't ask me that again. Let's just move on. What's the E here? All right, let's just move on to E or D. Let's just move along here. Do you love people that may think or act differently than you? Somebody said no. <laughs> let's, just, let's just face the reality. It is hard sometimes to love certain people. Certain people make it extremely difficult for you to be kind and humble and generous and compassionate to them. And some people you may not ever grow to love. But what I hope to do today is to really be able to inspire all of us to understand what love really is and to leave here striving to love as God would desire. So as we think about the fact that we love or we do not love, let me just ask you this. Could your love for people and your love for the Lord be what points people to him? Could it be that your love for the Lord and your love for people, your good works, your good deeds, your sacrifices, your compassion, could it be what points people to him? As Adam was alluding to all of the wonderful people that God works through, these good works can encourage us as believers, even when we're in difficult seasons, to put our hope and our faith more and more in the Lord and less and less in us. As well as... Could the lack thereof, the lack of love that you have for the Lord or the lack of love that you have for other people, could that be what points people further away from him? So let's go Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he, Jesus, had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law. And he said to them, said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your, let me just remind you, it's saying all here, not just some or conveniently, but all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, this is the great and first commandment. And second is like it, 
You shall love your neighbor as what? Yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now, if you flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 1, if you've ever been to a wedding, you've heard it, you might have had this memorized if you've been to enough weddings. Um, this is the wedding chapter, right? You know, let me just remind you that Paul was not sitting on a, on a beachside one day thinking, okay, what can I write? What can I leave the people with that are going to be reading for, for years and years? What can I leave the world that they're going to be posting on walls and reciting for thousands of years? What he's doing is he is writing to a group of people to operate in the way of God and in the spirit of God and to truly love people as he calls them to love. So we read this, if I, have, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am what? Nothing. If I give all that I have away to the poor, if I give all all away that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And I want to stop there. And I want to talk about two ways that you can let your light shine by the way that you love. The first way is the way that you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, and all of your strength. And by loving the Lord your God, it will be evident in your life and people will see the love that you have for him. So there are many ways that you can love the Lord your God. Let me just list you a few ways which you can love the Lord in these ways. And in loving the Lord in these ways, people will see these particular things and they will see the light that you possess shine before them. And because of this love for the Lord, that might point them to the Lord Jesus Christ, which will end, bring them to giving glory and honor to him, our Father in heaven. First, we make it a priority to worship the Lord on a daily basis, but we also make it a priority to be in attendance and gatherings where we worship his holy name, open his holy word, and surround ourselves with his holy priesthood that he has established us through Christ. That we prioritize our day, our week, our lives around worshiping and honoring him. Secondly, we pray. Prayer must be a daily practice for those who love the Lord. Prayer is how you and I communicate with our Father. Whenever you read through the gospel accounts, I know some of these may be the same account in each gospel, but there is a connection or, or there is a time in which Jesus and prayer are mentioned roughly 50 times. I know that you know one gospel may write it and another one, but what, what I'm telling you is that there are numerous accounts, numerous times throughout the gospel writings where Jesus gets away from the crowd and he finds himself in prayer. What is he doing right before he's arrested? Praying. This is God in flesh who you would think, well, he doesn't need to pray because he is God, but he's also 100% human man. Therefore, he shows us and demonstrates to us that it is important enough for God in flesh to pray and be in constant communication with his Father in heaven. It ought to be important for you and me. So whenever we pray, what are we doing? We are communicating to our Father in heaven, and he is able to communicate to us 
So prayer must be evident in your life. And if it is important to you in a daily practice of yours, people will see it and your light will shine through it. We serve. We sacrifice of our time to serve the Lord in numerous ways. This will show other people that we are focused not just on our needs or our wants or our time, but we're also focused on those around us. We're also able to look for and meet the needs of those around us. Therefore, we serve in various ways. It could be in numerous forms, various forms, but we make it a point to sacrifice of our time, sacrifice of our resource to serve the Lord and being his hands and feet, meeting the needs of others, showing that we are humbling, humbling ourselves to see the world around us and meet the need. Four, we give. Living a life of generosity demonstrates to others that we cherish the blessings of the Lord and that we are to live as stewards of them. Give her a good whipping and <laughs> let your light shine, dear. Just take it out. That's what we do. We just got to beat it out sometimes. <laughs> no, just kidding. But number four, we give. Living a life of generosity, as I said, shows the world around us that we aren't just focused on our lives, our names, our bank accounts, but we're also committed to giving to the Lord and stewarding the blessings in which he has given to us. Because here's the reality. None of us really own anything because if we truly owned it, then we would take it with us forever and ever. You may own it by name or by bank or, or by deed here on this earth, but there is a time in life that you will pass away and nothing you own here will ever go with you. So really you don't own, I don't own anything. I may have my name attached to it, but I am stewarding the many blessings that God has given to me and so are you. So do you give? Do you live with a generous heart and an open hand? Number five, we, get, we live to glorify the Lord in all we do. And I don't want to get ahead of myself or to move on to next week too early. But by living to bring glory and honor and please the Lord in all that we do, we are demonstrating to others that we are not living this life just for our own pleasure, just for our own fleshly sinful desires, but we are humbling ourselves to the Lord and we are living this life that he has blessed us with to bring glory and honor to him. And by doing so, your light shall shine. And lastly, I would tell you that you build your life, you, you scope and shape your worldview through the foundational truths in God's word. And by doing this, you will show to the world that you as a human being do not know all, cannot organize all, cannot answer all, but that through God's word, all the life's questions shall be answered and all the way in which we shall live can be understood. So these are a few ways that you can love the Lord your God on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. And by doing these things, by serving him, by worshiping him, by giving to him and to his kingdom and to his world, by praying and living in holy communion and relationship with him, what you are doing is you are worshiping, you are serving, and you are loving the Lord. And by doing these things, other people will see in you this light shining. And by doing that and by allowing your light to shine, it may just point people to him and which will result in them bringing glory and honor to, them, to him as well. Second point is this, to love other people. To love other people. Now here's what I am not telling you to do. For some of you here, 
This applies to you in your life. I am not telling you to leave this place today and act as if no past trauma, you know, traumatic experience or any abuse just never happened. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm not asking you to just leave here and, and lie to yourself and tell yourself that, well, I guess these things just never happen because there is a reality that there are people in this place today who live with lifelong scars that will always be there. People who have experienced past traumatic times, which allows you to maybe not ever see or will never happen with another person where this reconciliation comes. I'm not asking you to leave here and just act as if it never happened and just say, well, I'm going to love them and then lie to yourself and try to fool yourself into loving someone that you really can't. I'm asking that you, you work that out with the Lord and he will do that with you. Now, apart from those situations, I am challenging you, even you, if that applies to you and for everyone else here, to love other people as yourself. Do we obey Christ's command to love others as ourselves? Now, if you have your Bible open, great. In 1 Corinthians 13, great. If you don't have your Bible open to 1 Corinthians 13, I'm going to ask you that you do. We're going to do a little exercise together. I think we've done this before. I have to do this on a uh, you know, on an occasion and to remind myself who I am or who I am not. So here's what I want you to do. Open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I want us to read verses 4 through 6. I'm going to go ahead and read it, and then I'm going to ask you to read it to yourself in a different way. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, verses 4 through, through 6. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 6. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Now let's do an exercise. I want you to read that to yourself. If you don't have it, I will read it again slowly. And where you see the word love, I want you to insert your name. For some of you, this may be painful. And I want you to ask yourself this question. As you insert your name into the place of love, I want you to ask yourself this one question. Is this who or what I am? For some of you, to answer that question honestly, it may be painful. For some of you, this may be who you are or who you have become. But whenever we want to truly understand what love is, love is not an ooey-gooey feeling that we have around those particular people or those friends. And, you know, we're sharing a good meal and we're having a good celebration here. Or we go to a big event and, and you know, it's those five minutes that parents have away from their kids. And, and it's just, just not an emotional effect or an affection whenever we truly come to understand what love is. Is. So here we go. Let's read it. If you can, read it to yourself. Insert your name. I'll go ahead and read it for those who are here that may not have a Bible or Bible app. And if you're listening to me, I'm going to go slowly so that you can insert your name and see if this is who you are. Let's go. Don't everybody read out loud. Just let me read out loud. If you're reading on your own, just read quietly, please, so we don't confuse everybody. So love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not, or your name does not insist on your own way. You are not irritable or resentful. You, or love, does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but you rejoice with the truth. So if you ask yourself, is this who I am? If that was painful for you, just raise your hand. <laughs> yeah. 
this ain't me. I mean, this isn't always me. There's times in my life where this is me. I am patient and I am kind. And then I leave my house for the day. And then it all just kind of just goes away at times. And then we have irritable people and then I get irritable and I get resentful or, or I insist on my own way. So is this who you are? Because as you come to truly understand what love is, you realize that love is not just a feeling or it's not just an act of kindness. It's not these ooey-gooey feelings you get with these people or around those loved ones or with these friends. And what you realize is that love actually is who you become. Love is who you become. It's not just a feeling. It's not just an affection. It is a gift from God to possess love for him and love for others. It is a gift from the Lord. So as you, as you truly pursue love, because here's the reality. For some people, love does not come easy. Love does not come naturally. So my prayer is that as you leave here today, that you will truly seek the Lord's guidance and how to love other people. And how do you love other people? Well, here's a really good way for you to grow in patience and in kindness, to grow in not envy or boastfulness, to not be arrogant or rude, to not insist on your own way, to not be irritable or resentful, to not rejoice at wrongdoing and all the mistakes of everyone else, but to rejoice with the truth. If you want to truly let your light shine, your light will shine in the way you are kind and patient and not irritable or rude to other people. Because these are your good works. These are your good deeds. Now, if you are irritable and resentful and you are not patient nor kind, here's what will happen. Your bad works may be what points people further and further away from Christ. Because you are, to, you are called to be the light of the world and you are commanded to let your light shine. Therefore, for all of us, we have to understand this light began with love first. The love of God for broken, sinful people to put on bone and flesh and to come and to die on a cross 2,000 years ago and then to rise on the third day so that you and I, not only do I have my sins paid for, but now I also have an eternal hope and a living hope in Christ Jesus my Lord. So what I do as a recipient of this amazing love is I show it. I show it. You show it. You do not hide it. If you were to read Matthew chapter 5, you would read that if we aren't careful, we could be like people who, who light a lamp and then just hide it. But to let your light shine. And you let your light shine first by the way that you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then to love others as yourself. So here's what I want to do as we conclude. As you and I consider the way that we love the Lord and the way that we love others, this can be the way that we allow our light to shine before others. And let me remind you again that this light that you possess truly began with love. And as recipients of this amazing love, here's what I want you to do. Do not neglect your responsibility in sharing it or showing it to others. Do not put your light under a basket, but to show it for the world to see. The love that you show may be what points people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hiding it, may be what points people further away. So can you leave here today and truly strive to love greater, deeper, and then also to express it or to show it or to let it shine before others? And could you, if it doesn't come naturally and if it doesn't come easy, could you begin to pursue love? 
Could you begin to leave here and spend your life for the next 10, 20, 50, 60, 70 years and growing in how you love the Lord your God and how you love other people? So as we close, I want to do one of two things. I want to ask you one of two things. If you are here today and do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and have yet to receive his amazing, unconditional undeserving love, let me encourage you with this, that Christ came and he died on a cross to cover your sin. Now, if you choose to not put your faith in him and surrender to him as Lord and as Savior, then you will be responsible for the wages of that sin, which is eternal separation from him in a place we know as hell. Now, if that is you and you've yet to receive this unexplainable undeserved, never-ending love, then I plead with you to come to me or any of our church leadership or anyone in this place that you know as a believer, as you see their light shine, so that we can lead you into receiving this amazing love. Because God's desire is for none to perish, but all to come to repentance. If you are here and yet to be a recipient of this love or if you have just rejected it or rejected it or rejected it and said, I'm going to do things my way and I'm going to make my own decisions. I'm a grown man or I'm a grown woman. Let me just plead with you this, that you may not fear him yet, but you will. Please do not hesitate. Please do not reject and please do not push away the amazing undeserved love of God that he has to offer you. Now, if you are a believer here today and you have failed to let your light shine, let me plead with you to seek guidance and forgiveness from the Lord. Because if we were to be honest, some of us choose not to love or to be kind or to be patient with certain people because they drive us crazy or because we can't stand being around them, or we, or we can't stand the, the calls or the emails or the, or the attitudes or whatever it may be. But let me just encourage you to seek guidance and forgiveness from the Lord, to simply ask him to forgive you of your sin as you have failed to love others as yourself and to let your light shine before others. And then to seek his guidance and how you can grow in love to truly allow his love that you have been a recipient of to be shining through you for the world to see and to just begin to grow in loving him and in loving others as he truly desires from you. Let's pray.